Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. Uh, this one's from my buddy Callum, who I've known for over a decade now, and he's in a melodic hardcore band called Decipher. Um, yeah, we, we talk about, um, sort of, in this this is part one um, of two parts, the next part will be released next week. Um, he talks about like him being in bands when he was younger, like his early bands when he was in his, in his early teens. Um, and also sort of the kind of musical influence, like what sort of music he got into when he was younger. And um, he talks about Decipher and stuff a bit. And then uh, at the end of the episode, we're talking about um, Suicide Squad a bit because Callum's going on about how much he hates uh, Jared Leto in, in, as an actor, even though he loves that Seconds to Mars. And um, yeah, and then the next episode, we continue the movie discussion for like another 15, 20 minutes, I think. Um, and then after that, it goes back into, you know, talking about Decipher and sort of more other things. But I say that in the intro to the other podcast. Um, I will just say, though, with this episode, uh, I do apologise. The first uh, ten minutes or so, um, they're a little bit off. Um, the the audio for me, my mic is it sounds like I'm really far away and I'm a lot more quiet. And then I think it's about ten minutes through, you can hear sort of movement and like shuffling sounds and clicking a little bit. And Callum's talking about like, and then me and Callum both say about which one at the mics. And then you'll hear it kind of cut, and then it'll, we'll come back in, and it will be it'll be much better. It's it's kind of annoying, but the first ten minutes is still a good chat. So yeah, you get through the first ten minutes, the rest of it's just beautiful. So yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, all the links to the band and whatnot are going to be down uh, in the info of uh, the, either YouTube video or the um, the podcast um, apps and whatnot. So um, yeah, I'll bring you Callum from Decipher. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. Today's interesting person is Callum. Hello. Which, you know, when I said that earlier to him, uh, he was like, he was kind of a bit unsure about the, the term interesting. Like I still am. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to hope, we're going to hope Callum's going to be an interesting person, but he's, he hasn't got great faith in himself. <laughs> Dangerous. Fuel, fuel it into the music. Fuel it in there. So Callum's... Uh, oh, that's a lyric. <laughs> Cal's been a friend of mine for a similar sort of time as you know Reese's and that sort of thing, um, and he's the singer or vocalist rather of a, a hardcore band called Decipher, and he used to be the singer of a pop punk band called Who Needs Heroes. But Who Needs Heroes, they were like super, like kind of happy sounding, high pitched squeaking, oh yelping pop punk, which I actually really enjoyed. It. A lot of people who listen to it really enjoyed it. And then you're like, I, I let's just do the it. exact opposite. Let's just completely do the opposite of that. Let's just fucking do hardcore and then shout a lot. Because I think, is it Bridges the song that you do like a little bit of shouting? And there's two songs on that old EP actually. They've got like screamy bits in, I guess. But um, yeah, the, the whole idea of the band was completely different back then. I think that, that when when you did that, it was it was that song where you go, oh, that's Shadows. <laughs> I have no idea what you even just did. I don't know I what part so of Shadows quietly. that is. I did, I did so quietly because I didn't want to do it loudly. It's when you go. You literally ah, just. Ah, <laughs> ah, 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 well, I don't want to do it too loud in the microphone because if I just actually shout or do unclean vocals, it's going to definitely. To me, be... all you did then was go. Ah, ah, ah. That's what, that's I have no what, idea what that's that is. That's what I hear when I listen to Shadows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that's what everyone hears. That is. Well, it's just what I hear, but everyone does hear what I hear. Oh. So. Well, at least no one hears the brand new ripoff. Oh, the, um, shall I say it? <laughs> oh, I'll young and say it. Everyone knows. So someone commented on YouTube straight away. It's like, is that a brand new reference? I was like, yeah, it's a reference. To be fair, it is a reference, but it's just me completely ripping it off. What's like, um, what's the band? Oh, Tom's doing Oh, uh, Moose, no. Is it Moose Blood? Moose Blood. They're a pop punk band. Is it, who's the super, super chill kind of pop punk? Is it Moose Blood? They're not Tom Lights. They've got an album cover where it's got the brand new Deja Intendu poster on it. 
And there's a lyric in one of their songs that mentions Deja Tendu, and that's like obviously. I have no idea. I don't think that's Moose Blood, but yeah, it could well be. Oh man, Tom's gonna be really Moose Blood. Are, Moose Blood are really chill. Yeah, I think I think it is Moose Blood because Tom really likes Moose Blood, and I believe they've got an album that's got the Deja Tendu. So, no, there's there's tons of really really chill pop bands that are more chill than um, Moose Blood are. So yeah, yeah, you could potentially be saying anyone. Okay, we'll just. Tom, who is it? We'll just, we'll, just, we'll just ask Tom and we'll just wait here until Tom eventually comes over and does a podcast, which could be a very long time. I could call him, but... We'll call him right now. We'll do one of those professional things on the podcast where we call people, put them on loudspeaker, and the audio is just fucking terrible. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, then. So, let's just let's get into it. When when you were younger, when, when did you first... When, what kind of music were you into when you were younger? Like, what was the first couple of bands? I have a feeling it was Green Day, but it might be something more embarrassing than that. Busted. <laughs> Busted was so cool. I want to clarify, more embarrassing than that. I don't mean Green Day's embarrassing. I mean, like, normally when people first get into music, it's rubbish. Um, um, Busted, uh, to be fair, I think most... A lot of people in our generation liked Busted or McFly and that sort of thing. I can't really remember who the first kind of... The first kind of bands I got into. Green Day was definitely the first band I fell in love with. Like, Green Day, like, yeah. basically, is when American Idiot came out. I was like, ah, oh, this is... This is insane. <laughs> Don't know music like this. Oh, yeah, um, I felt like that when I listened to the first album. Yeah, the the first well, so the first Green Day album there. Yeah, Green, American Idiot was probably the first Green Day album I listened to, and that was probably absolutely amazing. And then basically after that, I just sat around and watched Kerrang every day, and just suddenly got into everyone. <laughs> That's what we. That was a uh, the thing that a lot of the younger generation won't get is for music channels. Yeah. Like, well, they will get them because they play the exact same stuff that they used to play because I don't think anyone runs them anymore. So it's just one playlist going over and over, constantly <laughs> playing Misery Business by Paramore. Oh yeah, my, my chemical romance is like I'm not okay. I promise. And welcome to the Black Parade. Oh, don't forget all the small things. That's just <laughs> there. if I if I turn on Kerrang, I have to watch that, and I'm just like, oh great, not the signal. <laughs> it's like oh no, the, the most um, overplayed Blink One Eighty Two song ever. If not one of the most probably that's probably the most overplayed pop punk song ever. Yeah. Most overplayed song ever is Rockstar by Nickelback. Yeah, I fucking that, hate that song. Well, the thing is, when that song came out, I was actually because I, I liked Nickelback uh, to a degree, um, and I had the album, and I was like, "It's actually quite a cool song, Rockstar. It's not that bad. It's not one of my favourites, but it's a pretty cool song." And then it became a single. I was like, "Oh, I'm not actually that into it anymore." And then it was just everywhere for like two years, and on DFS adverts and that sort of shit. And it's like, "Yeah, I can't. I can't fucking." Yeah, this. that was painful. Yeah, it was. It really hurt. It still hurts me now. Even talking about it is just. Hurting me a little bit. Well, the annoying thing is that Nickelback had, like, in the early days they were so good, and now they're just not. <laughs> yeah, they were really cool, but they sound. <laughs> yeah, I guess a lot of bands do it now, so I can't really complain. Um, they were basically a different band. Yeah. But now they're. Yeah, they're fucking shit. Fuck Nickelback. <laughs> I, don't talk, I don't even want to talk about Nickelback <laughs> so, anymore. Fuck so those guys. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Do you see that thing where he was, like, um, with Corey Taylor, the singer of Slipknot? He was, like, he said something like, mocking Corey Taylor, and said, he only started Stone, Stone Sour to copy us, or something like that. And he was just like, what? Was like, he was in Stone Sour before he was in Slipknot. And also, why the fuck would he want to copy you? That is completely true. But, I mean, they've both got, like, pretty inflated heads when it comes to that thing. I love Corey Taylor to pieces, but, like, I know Corey Taylor slags off, like, quite a few bands like that. Oh, yeah. And they always end up in these fights. Corey Taylor usually wins, I guess. Well, it's because Corey Taylor's an incredibly uh, articulate, intelligent man, and he's in arguably the biggest metal band there is at the moment. Who? <laughs> Slipknot, obviously. I think, would you... How would you say? Because, like... You also get like Metallica, Iron Maiden, and things like that who are huge, but they're like legacy huge, whereas like current huge. I suppose it's still not released now in ages, and they're, they're kind of starting to fade out. I don't know, I wouldn't really say the Grey Chapter was that long ago for bands like that. Big bands like that, once they hit that kind of stage, they're not on the same stage as like um, small bands who are touring and recording all the time. Yeah, I know. I like, wouldn't say the Grey Chapter's that old. Yeah, but it's like, with something like they, because they've got all the, they've got obviously like nine members, and they all have, like, Corey Taylor's got, you know, two bands. Of, he, wrote, he has a book writing career, uh, book writing, he's an author. 
Um, clown is a, a terrible thing. You couldn't do the word author. That's book um, writing skill. Is <laughs> that like they've all they've all got their own things going on? You know, I think the DJ deck guy when he's not doing DJ deck stuff and Slipknot because he never does because they don't have DJs on stuff on half their songs, um, more than half. Um, he's doing his own thing, DJ Star Starscreen, I think it's called. But it's just like they've all got something things doing. It's like Slipknot. They normally tour like for like a year straight. Everywhere, like around the world, all the festivals, that shit, and they just disappear for a while. They come back to another tour, then after like three years, they disappear again, and then they come back with an album or something. Yeah. It's just, I don't think they re- really want to do it that much anymore. I don't think it could be fucked. Why? Well, I, I guess when, once you get to that stage, like, they're world famous. So they, and they always, like, I know they always post about how, like, dedicated all their fans are and stuff like that. They want to come and see them all. So, I mean, touring the world, there's a, there's a lot of fucking places to go. Yeah, but you got to think they've been doing it now for 18 years. That's what I mean. Like, there's, but Stone Sour been doing it as well, though. So it's not like Corey Taylor, especially, and Jim Rue until they kicked him out of Stone Sour. Yeah, they love it. I mean, I'm sure they do love it, but as much as, as long as that goes on for, there's going to be a time where you're like, yeah, I can't do this concert anymore. They've all got families and stuff, I imagine. Yeah, well, they do. They're all like 40, 40 to 50 years old, I think. I think except the, the new drummer and the new bassist are much younger. Oh, really? Yeah, well, the new drummer, I think he's in, I don't think he's in Crocodile, actually, or something like that. He's only about 30. Uh, I don't know about the bassist, the new bassist. I can't remember. Fair enough. Yeah, but um, I think it's similar with all like bands like and people like that. Um, because I read I can't remember what magazine this was only a couple of months ago actually. I read um something about Dave Grohl, and it was saying that he um it was basically after he'd finished recording his new album um, yeah. Concrete and Gold. Once that was finished, he he basically had a day off, and it, it was actually going on in this magazine for quite a while about the fact that he had a day off and he didn't know what to do with himself. I think some people, especially big musicians like that, are so like kind of go 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 all their lives they don't actually know what else to do. I think yeah. as soon as they get free time, it's just like, oh, I don't actually know what to do with myself now. So that's why they spend so much time touring. And if they don't, if they're not like that, they, I mean, these bands tend to break up. You know, I yeah. can't think of any other really, really big bands, but I mean, Wait. when Michael McCormick's come to mind, they all kind of just stopped. Well, the, the thing is, is that it's just, you have to, you have, when you're someone like uh, Dave Grohl or Corey Taylor, it's like me in a way where like, I can't sit still in a way. You know, when I was off work for those seven weeks, you know, obviously it's like the podcast, music video, I was always doing shit because it's just like, if I'm doing nothing, I just feel so stagnant. I'm just like, I need to fucking do something. And obviously, when you're someone who's actually got talent, apart from, you know, obviously, I don't have any talent, but it's like, when you've got talent, like, Corey Taylor, who's an author, is in two bands, um, who are, which are fairly different genre, and also has an acoustic uh, sort of career that he does, and has a family, and has started up a film production studio of Clown. It's just like, he basically has a shit ton of money, and he can just follow his dreams. And that, so he just, he's always doing stuff. That's what I'd be like. If I was really rich and had loads of money, I will just, Fuck around, make music videos, probably make a film or two, and write a book. That's pretty what I do. Fuck it, fuck. Well, you've got so much time when you don't have to do a nine to five job. You get, you, it's like when you don't have to go to work Monday to Friday. It's like you get so you must get so bored because you've got so much more free time than anyone yeah. else. And also, when you're used to you know writing music, being super creative and shit, and then on the on the road seeing all these new places, and then Slipknot shows that are like two hours long. Every night for like two hours, going absolutely fucking mental on stage, giving it your all. Obviously, you you're obviously vocalist, so you know all that sort of thing. You know when you're on stage, how it takes out of you. Oh yeah. How, how much of an adrenaline rush you must get. So it's like if you have that every single night, having it when you're not touring anymore must be so boring. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, the only way I get it really is because we only play gigs like every now and again because we're not a big band. We haven't. I mean, had the chance to go on tour. I mean, I'm really hoping to go on tour soon. Yeah. But we haven't had the chance to go on tour yet. But I mean, yeah, it does. It brings you back to it, sort of thing. I mean, every time I go on stage, when I get off, I'm like, ah, oh, it's over now. It was actually, that was really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, just, I always want to do it again. So I imagine they would be really bored. Yeah, fair enough. Wait, <laughs> people, people can't really hear me because I'm, I'm busy adjusting shit. Okay, that's oh, how you're I'm doing really well. 
Well, I don't even know if people can hear me. I'm just trying to talk loud enough so they can actually vaguely no, hear well, you're me. You're doing really well. That's that's nice and close to my face now. There you go. It's my mumbly voice coming through. Mumbly? It's my mumbly voice. Right, it's my mumbly voice coming through loud enough now. I mumbly. I was trying to say mumbly, and I don't think that's even a word either. Yeah, well, um, basically, unfortunately, now I think I've made it so much more loud now with your mic because I'm super professional. And so now it sounds like. I think your mic is so much louder than mine is now. So. I will talk like this and see what happens. Right now, my voice may sound a bit different now. Probably, I hope so. Uh, because the mic, for some reason, in the first part of the recording, only the first five minutes or whatever, was just shit. And it just, it, I don't know, it wasn't picking up properly. But it seems to be picking up everything fine now. So we'll... I hope everyone doesn't listen to the first five minutes and turn it off before you get to this point now. That would get really upsetting, wouldn't yeah, it? That'd be that's really going to be like... I mean, we have to tell everyone at the start now, by the way, if you want to skip five minutes through, like, the audio quality <laughs> is way better. Yeah. Well, anyway. That so, we're lying and it's not way better and everyone's just wondering what we're talking about. Maybe it's just getting worse, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, the first, so, was the first, the first band you ever liked was probably Busted, but then the first band you ever fell in love with was, like, Green Day. Yeah, probably. I only really liked Busted because, um, I think Chris, my older brother, got into music, like, before I did. I wasn't that interested in it when all that kind of stuff first came about. Yeah. Um, I, I listened to music that my dad listened to sometimes, but I never really got into it. Yeah, I was a bit like I think that. It was when, I think it was when, I don't know, when MP3 players like kind of started becoming a thing. I was like, oh, I want one of those, even though I didn't actually really listen to music. I was like, that's cool. I, I was MP3 like that because I got an iPod. My, my dad bought me an iPod because obviously my dad was really into music and he was like, um, he, I was talking about CDs and I had some CDs and stuff. And he said, like, oh, I'll get you an iPod then you can put as much music on there as you want. And I was like, yes. And then I got took it home. It was like a, I think it was like a 40 or 60 gigabyte one. Maybe it was only 20 gig, actually. It was quite, maybe it was quite a small one. I can't really remember, but I remember getting it home. I put like four CDs on it, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't like I don't have anything else. Yes, I don't like All I've got on it. All I've got on it is a Queen CD that I don't actually ever listen to. It's just my dad's. It's I actually like, had a Queen CD. I had a Queen's Greatest Hits There one. you go. Everyone's got a Queen CD. <laughs> Queen's Greatest Hits. Well, no one's got a Queen CD. Everyone's got their dad's Queen CD. Yeah, that's true. And I, everyone I had, only listens to four songs off of it. Well, I, I had the... Um, the Queen CD, uh, Coolio Gangster's Paradise, I think that Akon album, uh, a couple of Eminem albums, and like a Now 68 or something. That Akon album. Great. It's just the one with Lonely on it. Oh, the shit, mate. I know it was. I wasn't I wasn't even that into it. I just, I, my mum heard me say that I, I kind of like the song Lonely a bit, and then I did a billion times I couldn't stand it, but she bought me the album, and I was like, thanks, mum, and I listened to it. I was like, hey, it's not that good. <laughs> I don't like anything from Akon, really, except uh, Smack That with Eminem. That song's terrible, but I love it. Smack that, get on the floor. I'm not joining you in that shit song. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> um, well, okay, then. So, when did you... How old were you when you got into like, Green Day, then? Oh, fuck no. Um, I wouldn't have a clue. When that album came out, which I think was either 2000 or 2001, if I remember correctly. Okay, um, so you... Green Day knowledge, be so, there. Yeah, but so I might you, be wrong. So you were like, somewhere between 8 and 10, I guess. Yeah, I was young. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, what, um, what, I think I was in year 4, actually, because I have vague memories of being on the playground and someone talking to me about it. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I remember that over anything else, but I do vaguely remember that. So oh. I think it must be your fault. Yeah. Well, what, um, when did you like? Did you start singing first, like, uh, or guitar, doing guitar work first, or what sort of? No, I didn't. I didn't even think. Wait, did you do another instrument? Violin or something? Violin was the first instrument I ever played. Yeah. Um, homosexual. Yes, I that decipher. Be like a hardcore. Be like the yellow card of the hardcore scene. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the that was the coolest thing I ever did. Like when I was in school, and I was like, oh, I could like start doing guitar lessons and like eventually be really good. Now nah, I'm gonna play violin. Um, <laughs> did you choose that then? Yeah, I chose it. <laughs> See, I I, think, I, I remember I wasn't even into music at, at that point even then. Basically, I remember someone coming around the classes and saying like, you need to sign up for music lessons if you want music lessons. And that was an opportunity for me to get out of class. I was like, this is so cool. I'm gonna stop playing violin and get out of class. But then I realized you actually do have to go to the lessons and they teach you stuff and they started teaching me how to read music and stuff. And I was sort of like, oh. Oh, this is a bit intense. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and that, that was at the time when mass was just sort of like 10 times 4 and stuff like that, which 
What is that? Oh, no, no. That's no, fine. Um, Did you that? They yes, text- I knew. That was a joke. Okay. Um, not never good, know. Not a good know. joke, obviously. I, I don't know. I don't know with you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I saw it as an opportunity to get out of class, and um, yeah, I, I started learning violin. I didn't get really into it. I kind of got into it. I think I was learning an instrument with Ashley Davies. Actually, funnily enough, um, I can't remember if he played violin as well, but he played something, and I was learning an instrument with him, and I just kind of got bored with it, put it down, and that was when I started listening to music, and I was like, oh, I'm going to play guitar. Yeah, and then I started playing guitar, and I never actually got lessons for guitar. Really, I I had a couple in senior school when we had because yeah. um, like me, Reese, and all that lot took music for the last two years, and they basically just said you have to learn an instrument. But instead of actually us having lessons, me, uh, Reese Willis, and Ryan Sanford were actually a lot better than everyone else in our class without like blowing. Our own Ooh. A, no, there's people who are in your class now are going to be really upset about that. There's no, there was a couple of people who were good, <laughs> um, but. Uh, we were all. We were all. It's all about how passionate you are, though, isn't it? Because you, Reese, and Ryan were into a lot of alternative music. It was more that. In it was general, the fact that we were all into the same music, and we could yeah. basically, we could. They just used to send us off to play in a band for two hours every time we had our two-hour music lesson. It was literally just go off and play in a band. So mm-hmm. we literally just went off and just played stuff in a music room, and that was it. Yeah, because was that when you guys were in Neon Genesis as well? Yes. So, so, so let's let's. What was the first band you're in? How old were you? Um, first band I was in was with. I've been in a lot of bands actually. You don't have to remember everyone's name. You don't have to remember. No, I do. I'm um, the first band I was actually probably in. No, I was going to say because a lot of people who are listening to this won't know who these people are, and I don't know if these people want you to tell say their entire long names. No, I was just the first person. The, wow, George, who was in Who Needs Heroes with oh. me. Um, and George's name. Yeah. And my brother Chris. Yeah. I started a band with them. Probably well, I must have been 14. Was that the first band then? I think that was probably the first band I was in. That what was genre were you? Proper. Just doing covers or something. We basically just did covers. We never played a gig. We used to literally just go to band practice and like pretend we were really cool punk rockers and just like smash the place up and stuff like that. And we used to go out. We used to genuinely go mental. At this point, so this, hardly any of us. Like George. So this is with Chris, who's Jehovah's Witness. George, who's vegan, and you, smashing the place up. George is vegetarian, not vegan. Oh man, he's going to be really upset about that. It's, it's Stu who's vegan, isn't it? Stu is vegan. He's my current guitarist. Yeah. Is, is Jason vegan as well now? Jason is also vegan. That's why. It's because... But in your band, does that... Well, obviously, George isn't in the band anymore, but... So at one point, you had two vegans and a vegetarian in, in the band. Yeah. That's, that's surprising you didn't write any songs about that. I can't really write songs about my bandmates so blatantly as well. It was <laughs> not about, no, I don't be bad about them. I just mean like I'm surprised that... Ballad of a vegan. No, so no, it's, no, it's going to be pretty obvious. No, I don't mean like a bad thing about them. I mean a, like a thing about, you know, because... I know that the, the first Decipher EP was about relationships and stuff, and we'll get into that. And then I think you said some of the newer stuff, a little bit about a little bit of it is about religion and there's a few other sort of subjects. I'm just surprised you didn't do anything about, like, because you're a really big fan of Straight From The Path, and you like Rage Against the Machine quite a bit, don't you? Yeah, I love Rage Against the Machine. I'm surprised you didn't do more political sort of uh, stuff. Um, obviously, with three people in your band being vegetarian or vegan, I'm surprised they didn't influence that. Um, I write about quite a lot, but I'm very... When it actually comes to releases like when we've got an album planned already um but our next ep i'm very like i'm very themed when i write i mean i write all the vocals for all the songs and when we don't really think about what the song is going to be about when we write it because i mean we all we all have quite clashing music tastes in ways but um still as a way of just writing really really like catchy heavy riffs that come out of nowhere sort of thing so sometimes a song will write a riff and the song will go really really heavy yeah and that way i'm just sort of like Oh, it should be about this and sometimes like a really epic kind of song will come out Yeah. but either way if we put a few songs aside and say this is going to be our EP or this is going on an album I want I like all the songs being linked 
themed being in a way. like in themed in a way. Like I mean, yeah. the first EP is all one theme. Um, the second EP is less so one theme, but it's still based around the same idea. Okay. So, like I've I've written songs about loads of things. I mean, I've written songs about religion, about uh, a friend of mine who went through cancer. I've had like loads of kind of things like yeah. going on, but a lot of it's kind of being saved. All right, that makes sense. Okay, so if we, so with you, what was the first band that you kind of performed? What was like your first gig? When was that? Um, I think my first gig was with that band I mentioned a little while ago. Um, I was with Just Chris and George. I took that band basically and went with one of Chris's old girlfriends who sang. She um, she was called Rachel. And she sang for us. And Bradley Turner was on drums. Okay. Yeah. And we played a gig in on the Isle of Wight to almost no one. And we played a load of covers. I'm pretty sure that was the first gig I ever played. Yeah. Funnily enough. Um, and was that when you were just a guitarist then? I was just a guitarist at that point, yeah. So when did you when did you become a vocalist? Like I know because if people don't know, for example, uh, Who Needs Heroes with the punk band we mentioned earlier. That was you, uh, George, who just mentioned your brother Chris. Um, and Reese, who's, who's one of the, in the first podcast, um, he was the drummer, and you obviously pop punk band. Uh, and then you did Decipher, where Chris wasn't in the band anymore, and you got Stu in, and then Jason. And then George recently got married and stuff, so had a lot of other things um, going on, so he left the band recently. Um, and then also, uh, Reese has had loads of other commitments and stuff, so he also left the band, and you got someone else in as well. But Obviously, a lot of people don't know that sort of thing, so I'll just give some sort of syntax. I keep saying syntax. I don't know if that's the right word. I'm going to have to look it up because I'm going to keep using it wrong, otherwise I sound like an idiot. Yeah, I don't know what syntax means. The so. thing is, is that if I use, if you use a, a, a decent, if you have a decent vocabulary and you use 100 words right, people don't think you're really smart. But if you use yeah, one yeah. word wrong, you're an idiot. And that's it. I'm going to have to look up syntax in a minute because I have a feel I've just used it. So I'm not. Um, but... Um, so when did you yeah when, when did you start because with with Hoonies Heroes obviously you were the, the vocalist but also you played guitar um, and then for Decipher you just do vocals so so what band did you start doing vocals for Hoonies Heroes was the first time I ever actually did vocals live oh really like, yeah I did oh wow I did vocals like before that but I didn't I I don't know I always just thought I wasn't particularly good I didn't think I was very good in Hoonies Heroes to be honest but um I think it's just more rough it's like not it wasn't it wasn't good you had potential it's just smoothing around the edges sort of finding what your Kind of calling is, you know. So like Rob said, you know, my my brother Rob, who's in numerous bands, he's obviously an amazing singer. But he said, as you get older, you just in a way become better to a degree because you know what you can sing. You kind of it's, it's experience, like almost everything. Yeah, um, I mean, I definitely feel like I've become better now. I've, I'm always, I'm always a bit like kind of self deprecating anyway, and always just say like, oh, oh artists are all stuff like that. Artists. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, recently the last few shows we played and stuff like that, and the latest single we've released, I've heard a lot more about my vocal. People saying, oh, you've actually you got good <laughs> and stuff like that. So I mean, that's it's, that's good to hear. Yeah, I just want to say I look most of my friends still say I can't sing, but I mean, hey, I... hopefully that's just bound to. I, I think you can. So it's like you do the cover of you do the cover of uh, the Nothing But Thieves song, uh, Amsterdam, and obviously he's a very very good vocalist. And when you played it well, you played it live, you could hit a lot of the high notes, and you were doing thought you did the song justice. You know, I just want to say yeah, I'm using syntax wrong. Syntax is the arrangement of words and phrases to create well-formed sentences in language. Ah. I think I'm thinking of caveats. Oh, okay. Sentence arrangement. Yeah, syntax. Oh. The structures of statements in a computer language as well. Mm. Yeah, I've been using syntax. Yeah, the set of rules for analysis. Yeah, branch linguistics deals with syntax. Yeah, I'm doing it terribly. Yeah, it's so, starting to sound like a Rick and Morty script now. Oh, they just go off I just don't one. know what you're saying. <laughs> it's just <laughs> all like, yeah, okay. Human music. Oh, like that. <laughs> that episode is so good. <laughs> now it's time for human music. 
boom. Yeah. Oh man, I like this. Human music. I, I like it. Hmm. Human music. Anyway, I love Rick and Morty. But um, so you were. I'm an idiot because I can't. I use the word syntax in the wrong context. But um, you. So for Hoonies Heroes, tell obviously I know, but um, tell people how Hoonies Heroes actually came about because it's quite funny. Hoonies Heroes was, um, basically George called me, one day and just said, because George was in another band called uh, The Story Told, who were actually really 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 good, but I don't think they did an awful lot kind of thing. They didn't release that much. Um, yeah. I don't actually know how they split up. Um, so I won't go into that. And um, he called me one day and said they had a party, um, arranged and they needed bands to play. Um, so can you help me and we'll just do a load of cover sort of thing and I was like oh yeah okay um, I'll get Chris as well who played bass my brother Yeah. and I just said to him I know a drummer as well he'll probably be up for it so I that was Reese. yeah I called Reese that day Um, and just said you up for it and he was so yeah we decided to do it we learned a load of really shitty covers um, <laughs> I know 1985 by Bowling for Soup was one of them Um, you like Bowling for Soup though I love but it's a shit I love it but it's a shit cover to play in it I mean that's, that's like getting up on stage and playing American Idiot these days it's like oh no it's tragic <laughs> just stop um, hey, I've got a cover for you guys it's called Seven Nation Army by White Stripes oh god no <laughs> there's certain covers now that you just don't get up on stage and play if you're going around loads of pubs playing as like a, um, a cover band. band and stuff like that and you want to entertain like 60 year olds with a bit of rock and roll and stuff or, or like that. Or like, yeah, who just fine. aren't that into music, especially yeah, not that kind music. of thing is perfect. Yeah, if you're going to go to the joiners and you're playing with a load of bands or metal bands or, or just whoever you're playing with, if you get up on stage and play American Idiot, everyone's going to go, yeah, you fucking suck. Don't, <laughs> ever, don't ever play here again. Um, it's just one of those things. I mean, played, I say it? this, I'm guilty because I've, I've covered these songs before. That's why it, you know. It was literally for a party. And we just, yeah, like I said, we got together, we did it for a party. Um, and when it was over, we were just like, that was actually really decent. Like, should we carry on? And then we, it, it just came from that. So, uh, I mean, Reese has always been into uh, his bands and music as well. Like, so, I mean, this was in school years. And he because was, this was, I think it was very, was, uh, I think it was very college. early college, wasn't it? It was so early about college. 16. Um, God damn, that was like seven years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Fuck. Yeah. Um, and he was into it as well. So it's just sort of like, none of us are doing anything. We might as well do something. Um, and yeah, it just, it kind of went. It went really, really well for a long time. Like, we were getting loads and loads of shows constantly. I mean, our releases were never any good, but the kind of band we were, they didn't need to be. There was always all these bands all touring. On stage and stuff. I mean, we had we kids. had bands at the bottom line and people like that and Kids Can't Fly and all these bands were always touring and stuff like that and there was tons of other pop-punk bands and punk bands. We, we kind of had the opportunity to play with everyone. We also became known as the band that constantly played with hardcore bands for some for some reason. And now it's the opposite around. Now, yeah, I know. Now you're the hardcore band that always plays with light bands. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> stupid. It's not, I think people just hate me. But when we were in the pop-punk band, it was cool because um, a lot of the hardcore bands and stuff like that, a lot, a lot of the people we played in front of just kind of had respect for it. So we kind of just went up on stage and thought, you know, fuck this. We just went absolutely crazy. You were, you were heavier live than you were studio. Yeah, and we so. just played pop punk fast and just like dived about, and everyone was like, oh, they're kind of cool. I like this. Yeah, they got and, good energy. Yeah, um, it just went really well. And then for some reason, I don't know how long this was. I reckon it was probably after a year, maybe a year and a bit or something like that. I can't really remember how long we were together for. But it just skyrocketed down. Everything was just like, everything became a chore. And we just weren't doing anything. That we weren't getting any shows. We were never getting any recognition for anything that we did. Um, yeah, I, I, it literally just fell apart. Just literally just like that. And it was kind of disappointing at the time, but when when we stopped, it was it was a little bit like, I'm kind of relieved. Yeah. It got to the point where I wasn't particularly enjoying what we were writing. I mean, it was okay, but 
I, I wanted to do other stuff. Um, Chris was in the band at this point, and I think he was kind of like getting a bit fed up with it and drifting away from it. Yeah, it just felt like no one's heart was in it anymore. Mm. Um, so I mean, me, Reese, and George kind of quickly discussed doing something else straight after. Yeah, we saw like oh, we want to do something, we don't know what to do, and then we um we met Stu on a website. Um, joined our band. Um, huh? I said grinder. <laughs> grinder, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we met still on this website. We went me up to, me up to fuck and it just turned into a band. Yeah, we um, met up to fuck and it just turned out he was really good with his hands and I was like, man, you should be a guitarist. And he was like, I am. I was like, whoa! That's how he described himself because I'm great with my fingers. Um, <laughs> Reese was really attracted to that so we went and met up with him. Um, no, that's the thing. Yeah, we met up with Stu and we were actually jamming for ages and I mean months and months and months before we actually like came up with Decipher. Yeah. Like we would, we played like some like like really slow pop punky kind of stuff like Wonder Years for a while because that, that was the point where me um, me, Reese and George were all absolutely obsessed with the Wonder Years so we, we kind of advertised that we were looking for someone who was willing to play that kind of stuff and Stu was into them as well so we would yeah we were just jamming stuff like that for ages and then like nothing like started to feel right everything was just like ugh we ended up writing a couple of choruses and stuff like that they were like alright I can't remember what the first song we wrote for Decipher was but the first song that like stuck was um, "Blame Yourself." Yeah. We wrote. I can't remember. That's the second single, isn't it, off the EP? No, we never released it as a single. What's um, I, was, I was without you. It's the final. Yeah, it's without you. I always um, get those two mixed up. But the whole EP's great. So <laughs> the like first, that. the first track that we actually like, we basically met up in my bedroom and Reese just tracked out the drums like literally for an entire song. I, I don't know where he got the influence from, but he was just like, right, yeah, let's track this out. And he literally just tracked out these drums. We're like, and Stu just immediately put this guitar on top of it, and we were just all basically doing it we're like this is fucking sick this is, this is so so good so I remember some of the times where you guys were like uh, recording in because obviously me you and Reese lived together uh, for a couple of years and um, that was when you were pretty much starting to cipher around that sort of time and I remember you guys were recording in the lounge and stuff and occasionally I'd either hear you if I'm upstairs or I'd come downstairs and you know, chat with you guys or whatever for a bit and I'd hear you guys jam and I'd be like some of the, the riffs and some of the vocals and stuff obviously was what I was hearing the most I'd like this is really really good and I used to tell you I'd be like it sounds really sick and then Obviously, when it all started to come together, I was one of the first people to hear it all. And I was like, this does sound like... like I always liked Toonies here, I thought it was good, but I've never been as into pop-punk. But I thought the song Bridges really stood out for me personally, but obviously I think everyone we know has got a different favourite song from that uh, <laughs> album, EP rather. Um, but yeah, when you did Decide for it, it sounded like everything sounded a lot more... For me personally, I think it sounded more consistent. It sounded a bit more... It's also more adult in a way. Like, not the pop-punk is childish, but the genre and the sound that you were doing, in the way you were doing it, was more late teenager sort of thing whereas Decipher's a bit more young adult sort of thing yeah it, it kind of clicked because uh, like, as I was saying um, when we wrote Blame Yourself we all looked at that and went that sounds really really cool like as a I mean I've, we'd never written a demo before that we thought sounded like that we are like that actually sounds really good and then we basically one by one wrote the entire EP I don't think we like cut if we I don't think we cut any songs out bar like one or two that we didn't even finish we just kind of got halfway through them and thought this isn't as good as the rest of the stuff um so yeah, once we had that song, that kind of it just clicked with us, and it has done since then. Yeah. We're always, I mean, with the new stuff, we we've progressed it definitely. The the new EP we're going to release um soon. Well, I say soon, we're recording it very soon. The yeah. thing is, I don't know when I'm going to release this in particular. So um, what I can do is, if you give me an give me an idea, I'll I'll try and release this similar ish sort of time. So it can be almost like a. It's probably not going to be for a while yet. Have you got another single uh, to come out soon? Because you recently released uh, Cement, didn't you? So. Yep, and we are really, really happy with how Cement went. Um, our only issue at the moment is we've just got two new members in and money is an issue at the moment. Um, the EP is going to cost us a fair bit to record. 
even though we've got this free time. Um, we're going to record with Dan in the a- Avenue Studios, who's he's absolutely amazing. He's just so 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 good. Yeah. Um, so we want to go and record with him, and then we've got to think about doing another video. Um, we also have a guest vocalist in the CP. Oh really? I'm not going to reveal yet. That's cool because I don't want anyone to know. But that's going to be really 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 cool. Um, very 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 excited to get. Me, he or it? she in it. You, you can ask um, me, aren't you? You can ask me to be in it. Yes, yes. We're recording the EP next month, and the bit's already been written. But yeah, I'm going to ask you last minute. Ask say, me. Calm down. My my ability to not actually be able to sing pretty much at all. I can do vaguely baritone stuff at stretch. My unclean vocals are pretty atrocious most of the time, and I can rap like a white boy. <laughs> so it's like, nah. I don't think we need your sound in this uh, in this EP. Don't need my sound bits in it. Um, <laughs> What was that? Tell tell people listening, right? Um, one of the funny things because you post you posted on your personal Facebook, um, the, the, that really bad review you guys got. I know. I think. You, oh yeah, you, that was you only my, that got, wasn't a bad review. That was my favorite review ever. I think you only got two bad reviews uh, for Decipher. One was more okay, but that one just they loved the band, but they hated you. That was the only actual bad review we got. We oh, never, okay. we didn't get. We got a couple of reviews that were like, like three or four star. But I mean, most of our reviews were pretty high on the EP. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one. Yeah, they kind of raved about the band and then just said the the prelude, which every band member of we will regret putting on there because we thought it was stupid. It was like, oh, it's really like welcoming and good, and like it it makes it like sound like the EP is going to be really big. Yeah. But the the main problem he had with the EP was the vocals. He said it was like some demonic vocal. That will have you reaching for the skip button. That was my favourite bit. That was it, yeah, reaching, reaching for, for the, the skip, skip button. button. Oh, who doesn't reach for the skip button when they listen to me? Um, that it was really weird you as well. I don't, I don't trust. I don't trust the guys' review. You Quite should, frankly, you can fuck off. You should call the next EP. <laughs> we'll have you reaching for the skip. No, button. No, just reach for the skip button. No, I'm not that calling an like, EP that. That sounds like something let live or. The only reason I say the guy can fuck off is just because he said like the entire EP would have been better with low like guttural vocals, which would be like me kind of going like and kind of stuff like that all the way through which like I mean yeah if bands are going to do that that's totally fine but he said he likes the prelude which is literally me like just like screeching at the top of my voice just because yeah. it's supposed to be like really edgy and dark spo- yeah edgy <laughs> that's how I describe everything I do now it's just like oh this is going to be so edgy guys <laughs> but no it's supposed to be really the start's supposed to be like really desperate kind of sounding and it's just like like panicked kind of thing and that's me like kind of like just like really high pitched kind of screaming and he said that sounded really cool and then the rest of the EP is high and mids. And he didn't like that. He wanted it all to be low. So I'm just sort of like, I, I feel like you didn't really listen to the entire EP and you didn't get the point of it. But like I said, to be fair, I can't have a go in. Like, I mean, every review is going to be different. There's no there's no way a band are going to come out, release a cheaply made EP, and it's going to be to everyone's taste. Well, that's the problem with um, music, especially. Like, <clears throat> with, with movies, like, obviously, me and you go to the cinema uh, all the time. We've got those limitless cards. So... After we'll see a movie, it's it's quite rare for one of us to think it's fucking amazing, the other one to think it's terrible. Normally, it's it's similar-ish. And if you look at reviews online, generally, if every review slates it, it's normally not very good. And sometimes you get like indie films that get bummed by everyone. Like I know Revenant isn't an indie film, but I got bummed by everyone. It just wasn't that good. But <laughs> but movies are it's a lot easier. Like it's quite with people in, in general. I'd say about 70 percent of the time, people that I know agree with me with films. You know, just. Even my my mum, who me and my mum obviously very different people. There's quite a few films that we both mutually know are good. But when it comes to music, Jesus, I there's probably about three or four bands mum likes that I probably like, and there's probably about fifteen bands that I like that she hasn't heard. I could recommend her, like Paris and probably a bit Paramore, that sort of thing. She'd like, but 
Apart from that, like some of the stuff that she listens to, like she likes that uh, Rihanna work song, I think, and I just think that song is absolute trash. But obviously, you know, me and you listen to like Knocked Loose, and I'd say probably about ninety percent, probably a bit more than that, of probably everyone in Southampton hates it, like beyond hates it. Probably thinks it's like the, the worst thing ever. Oh yeah. So it's just music is so subjective, and that's the problem. Like I used to read Metal Hammer magazine and Rock Sound, but occasionally they would be like, "Oh, this is shit," and I'd listen to it and go but this sounds really good. And then it was like they gave Pierce the Veil, like Metal Hammer, they gave Pierce the Veil one out of ten for their live performance when supporting Bring Me the Horizon. They're like, they're so, it was like they're so try-hard and crap and the, the bassist thinks he's so cool doing a forward roll on stage. And I was there and all they were doing, they're running around on stage having a good time, like high-fiving the crowd, high-fiving each other and there's a bit in the song and he jumps in the air strums his bass, lands, does a front roll and jumps up again. And it's just, they're all doing it. It's all, that's the kind of genre, it's upbeat. But they're like, oh, it's shit, it's pathetic. And it's like, how can you give them like one star, like one out of ten? That's like they played awful. They played great. It's just they hate the music. Yeah. And it's just like, I can't. There's almost no one like no, me and you. Metal elitists. They usually those kind of reviews. People are into like they're into metal and stuff like that, and they want to see a band come out and just like fucking tear it up and be really heavy and stuff like yeah. that. Whereas they're you're kind of appealing to a completely different genre by putting bands like Pierce the Veil because I mean you get loads of people who say like oh they're destroying metal and stuff like that, and I, I do get what I mean. I I like. You know, I like a few Pierce the Veil songs. I get what people like that mean, but they are usually like people who are actually into like proper metal. Yeah, like black and metal and like as we call it cock rock, you know, things it's like, like Saxon, showing a, It's like showing a guy who likes like heavy rock and roll pop, like Justin Bieber and stuff like that. It's just like they're not gonna like it. Why why bother? Don't don't write a review about a band that you're never gonna like because it's unfair. It's like when you, if you're if you're gonna be a film critic or something like that, you've got to have a really open mind and a real you've got to have a wide taste kind of thing when it comes to films. You can't yeah. be a guy who, if you like metal, and I mean if you like heavy metal, not even, I'm not even sure why I'd say that to be honest, because Bring Me The Horizon aren't really heavy metal, but you know what I mean. If you like heavy metal, don't go and review a like, kind of almost pop-punk stroke metal band. I mean, Pierce the Veil are heavy pop-punk, basically. They're the same yeah. kind of genre. And yeah, you're yeah. going to hate it, and it's not fair. It's, it's harsh to put reviews like that in magazines like that, because I mean, they made it anyway, which is great for them. But people are still going to read that, and a lot of people are going to be like turned off by it straight away. Yeah, and it's it's not fair. You you kind of reveal it. You got to take them with a pinch of salt. You got to take it on the point that the reviewer isn't always going to be the same as you. Well, it's almost never going to be the same as you. I've almost it's so little reviews. That... M- music wise, I pretty much ignore. M- music wise, if I hear you guys say like me and you, I'd say we probably cross over about fifty percent of the music we both like the same. The other we don't. With Reese, I'd say for me and him, it's probably about eighty percent. Reese is probably the person I have the closest music taste to, I think. Apart from the really, really heavy stuff I like, like within the ruins and stuff. Apart from that, he, him and I like almost the same stuff. But it's like, I take his word for most stuff. But even then, if there's an album coming out and I kind of like the sound, he goes, oh shit. I'll still give it a listen. Sometimes I like it. But you get um, you get certain bands where it's like, um, one of the things I find with, especially Metal Hammer, is certain magazines, they just get favourite bands. And it's, it's understandable. Like with me, I like everything, like Pierce the Veil's new album, I think is good. I don't think it's amazing. I think it's good. But you and the rest of the guys don't really like it very much, which is fine. But obviously, I really like Pierce the Veil, so maybe that's an, that's an issue. And it's like, trying to give objective reviews to something that's so subjective is just impossible. And with Metal Hammer, I just found they were always, they would say, like, everything that um, any of, like, the black metal bands would release, they'd just bum it. And it's just like, to me, I really, really, really don't like black metal, you know? And they'd also bum Aim and Amarth, and then if Iron Maiden released a sort an album, it's always, like, 8 or 9 out of 10. And it's like, I haven't necessarily got anything against Iron Maiden. I just think every single Iron Maiden song sounds almost exactly the same to me. Mm. And it's like, but that's, some people who really like Iron Maiden will be like, what the fuck? How can you even say that? It's not Iron Maiden, they're the best band ever or whatever. And it's it's fine to think that, but it's like, you can't have a magazine 
we can kind of it's, like, it's so hard to, to gauge you know no especially where you've got like the difference in time as well I mean Iron Maiden I'm sure like back when they first started that probably would have been the shit back then I mean, oh, that yeah. kind of thing would have been amazing but like now there's so many genres if you grow up with like the modern kind of thing there is now if you grow up with bands like Slipknot and stuff like that and you're into that kind of heavy music Iron Maiden isn't even going to seem heavy which it doesn't no it doesn't it's Iron Maiden now it's it's just, it's seems like, it seems like rock and roll it's just so like I mean it's just like yeah it's rock music that's someone, I mean, back then it would have been like that was metal. Was yeah, well, it's just kind of like um, it's almost like desensitized, isn't it? With with heaviness, because like with mu- with movies, for example, if my mum saw some fifteens that I've seen, you know, certificate fifteen, um, and they're like some of the horror films maybe that have got um a bit of gore in, just you know, she'd be like, oh, that's so gory and horrendous, blah, blah, blah. and then. With me, I, I see things like Hostel, and I'm like, eh, it's pretty bad. It's like, it, it has to be really specific things to me, because I'm so desensitised. You know, I was playing Predator Concrete Jungle when I was younger, and that's like, you know, you execute people by skinning them, and it's just like, violence and gore doesn't bother me, as long as it's not like, you know, fingernails being ripped off, or teeth being smashed, or anything to do with eyes. I'm, I'm pretty fine to most of it, except that Game of Thrones scene. Oh, yeah, uh, we didn't talk about that scene. We won't, I won't talk about it just in case someone, for some reason, hasn't seen that, but there's, there's a death scene in Game of Thrones where someone gets their eyes crushed into their head. No, no cut this out. And, we, don't, uh, we don't talk about that scene. That, that was the only... Th- I think that's the only thing I've ever seen on TV or movies which legit, actually... Like, I could see that when I closed my eyes for about three days. And yeah. it really fucked me. The first night I went to bed, I was just kept thinking about it, and it's so awful. <laughs> it is pretty fucking horrible, that bit. Just, I do remember watching it. So I, that was the episode I watched. I was really drunk as well. I was doing... um. This is when I was doing night shifts at first. At first bus, I used to be an electrician. Electrician um, for buses. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Fuel, fuel cool. the hatred into, into your music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fuel the hatred. I like it as well. Yeah, the most pub. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Um, yeah, I came home one day from a night shift. I used to finish my shift at 8 a.m. in the morning because that's a really sensible time to finish a shift. Um, there's going to be loads of like students who work stupid hours in the moan now, aren't they? Yeah, like, they How do. dare you say it's bad to finish at AM? I worked like <laughs> 17 and a half hour shifts every day, and it's like, okay, great, I'm sorry. But no, I worked, um, I worked till 8 AM, and then I came home, and I was just, it was so sunny, I was just awake, I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna get really drunk and watch Game of Thrones and catch up with it. Because it, <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> that's what I used to do. Um, oh. so yeah, well, not watch Game of Thrones every time. I used to get drunk a lot. I still do. Got, I just want to say, but everybody obviously can't see me. He's got a can of Fosters right now. I'm drinking water. You got Fosters. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with. Well, can't say I piss water, but it's good. Oh, you, you, it's got can, you got can Fosters. That's like Eurofizz bullshit. It's like Fosters draft is okay, but and then Carlsberg in a can is shit. But Carlsberg exports good. Mate, when it's three fifty for four, you don't you take what you can get. Thing is, I get um, with, that's pretty good because I get what I've been drinking recently is uh, Copperberg ciders. It's not usually three fifty for four. That was just an off one at Tesco. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, well, why have we. We're talking about beer. We're talking about Game of Thrones. No one's going to find beer interesting. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of people like. Uh, you know, struggling artists. But, I had um, a Heineken the other day. That was good. You had a Heineken. I enjoy a Heineken. Me and Justin were talking about how we're going to have to, um, at some point soon, just get all the crazy flavoured pale ales that you can get that all say that they taste completely different to each other when they don't really. Just drink Brewdog. Brewdog. Yeah, Brewdog. You're going to try and get sponsored by Brewdog. That's a good idea. Just try and just beg them, just cry. At, go to the, the the distillery or the. Is it how brewery? Is it with ale? Is it brewery? I don't know. Slightest idea. You drink enough beer, you should bloody know. I just drink it from the can and, and hope for the best. Yeah. Just hope you wake up the next morning. 
Nah, not necessarily. Um, <laughs> Depends on the day. Every now and again, I wake up and it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, again. It's like, Woken oh, up again. It's like, oh, I can't even die right. I can't even die by sleep properly. I just want to go to sleep and die. I just want to go to sleep and just not wake up for a while. Oh, dear. Anyway, um, well, let's get back on to let's get back on to decipher. So, um, get written a decipher. <laughs> Doctors know for depression now. Um, um, that sounds like that sounds like a pop punk album or pop punk song at least. Oh Doctors yeah, we wanted to name our EP. Um, I used to be okay, but now I'm not for so long, just because we thought it was the best pop punk name ever. But I used to be okay, but now I'm not. Yeah, I used to be okay, but now I'm not. If the pop punk man hell. doesn't like listen to this now and come up on that name, then well, actually no, I will not copyright on that. I'm saying that now. That name is mine. If anyone steals it, I'll kill you. Well, don't. Do, how about if they just become really big? They have to take Decipher on tour. Nah, because they're pop punk and we're better than them. So um, <laughs> yeah, we've evolved. Yeah, we're better. Than them. To be honest though, there's most of the people who kind of were really into like, pop punky stuff is like they did hardcore. Basically, took the spot where pop punk was. Which is quite oh, funny. I think there's, you get a lot of these festivals that slam dunk that literally basically just cater to like melodic hardcore, hardcore, and like the post hardcore kind of thing. Like all those three genres are kind of so close to each other that they, they all fit on stages together and pop punk. Well, so like, those they, two, they all come from punk though, don't they? That's the thing. It's just they all they just blend together so well. You get the people who are like solely into like the metally ones, like hardcore and post hardcore, and you get people who are like solely into pop punk. I think there's less of them to be honest. I think if you most people are into pop punk, especially everyone I know, they're usually into a lot more. Yeah. Um, but everyone just likes everyone now. Like, I mean, that kind of genre. As long as it's it's just fast, aggressive music, usually about something you can relate to. It's usually about like girls or religion or like so anything you can relate to, and you, you listen to it. It's like, oh fuck yeah, those lyrics are so cool, and the beat is like fast, and it's I want to punch someone now. It's so, well, so cool. When you when you see it live, it's, it's got so much energy to it. You know, yeah. really. Well, the, the problem is, is there's quite a few bands I like that are a bit more slow and chill. There's the band Gotta Girl um, with the the singers Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World as the girlfriend who keeps changing her hair colour. And um, she she's amazing. And live, I imagine they'd be quite enjoyable. But it's just, I think I saw a post on Facebook that said something like, what do people do at Adele concerts? Just stand there and cry. Because it's like, it's like an hour and a half where Adele is pretty great. I'm not the biggest fan of Adele, but I really do appreciate her in, in music. And it's just like... I don't know what the fuck I do. Like, it's, it's a different kind of fashion. It's, well, there's it's fast totally paced stuff that you thing. jump to. I get jumping music and club music, you're bouncing there, heavy music, you know, you're kind of all, you're pushing each other a little bit, or there's a, you're still jumping, that sort of thing. I get all that, but just like, when it's super chill, like when it's, when it's like acoustic music, if it's in a field, I get it, because I can just kind of sit down and It is, with. it's just sing along. It literally, all it is, is just sing along. I mean, you get more poppy artists, there's a bit more like jumping and stuff like that, I guess, but yeah. um, yeah, that kind of stuff is literally just sing along, but you're appealing to a different audience. There will oh, be yeah. some young people there, but, but I mean, it's, it's a completely different thing. You're not really going to find many like 56 year olds at a story so far concert. Are you like pointing their fingers at the stage and True. going crazy? I do remember there was like, the guy though, the the old dude at that cancer bats show in Slam Dunk. Um, oh yeah, but loads of like, like, like older people in, are like, into like that's like kind it's of like, like one in twenty five sort of people there are like one in twenty five people places like Download and uh, Slab. No, Download, there's tons of them. Download the, I'd say, you know, it's almost all 50-50 kind of things with young people. There are so many of the really? older generation. Oh, when I went there, I thought it was about one in ten. Oh, there are so many. Like, wow. so, so, so many. There are loads of, there's loads of families to download and stuff as well. Oh, yeah, I've seen quite a few families and stuff, yes. Yeah. So, I one of the things I really enjoy about it, actually. You just go there and say, oh, wow, when I'm 50, I can still like this kind of stuff. But that's the thing is just like you know some a lot of people who uh, don't like a lot of more heavy music and alternative stuff like you're only gonna like that while you're young and angsty it's like no I just the thing is with me because I get it like I think at my work at the moment I work in a place with like 30 something people I'm pretty damn certain not a single one of them likes anything heavy in any way shape or form you know that was fine but it's like I, I had arguments at my last work a little bit with some people who were like 
oh it's just shouting it's like well no it's not because if it was literally as simple as it's just shouting there wouldn't be five or six music festivals across England and like over the whole world there's like you know 50 plus heavy metal festivals or these bands you've got bands like Slipknot who are like one of the biggest bands in the world sort of thing but just because they're not in the pop charts people think oh no no one likes them it's like no you have no idea they're, they're, they're fucking huge and it's like people who don't listen to that kind of music they just go they, they don't understand it and then they just slate it and it really annoys me because it's just like it's frustrating it's like the thing is with me is uh, this is going to make me sound like an, an elitist asshole and I'm kind of okay with it it's like I feel like if someone likes music which ha- they like heavy music as well as uh, music that's got normal vocals I kind of respect them a little bit more in the way that what people don't understand is people think oh heavy metal or, or whatever is or screamo as loads of people like to refer to it which hurts me um, is they go like they can't understand that how much music there is that's, that's got unclean vocals in and like they just go oh they're shouting there's like ooh and ah and that's it and it's like no you have I could name 50 bands and every single vocalist sounds completely different and they're all purely unclean you know what I mean and it's like and they don't get that so I like music in almost every shape and form and I find a lot of the time when you get people who are you do get some people who are only like music that's heavy and I think that's as ridiculous as only liking music that's got singing in really if not more ridiculous to be honest but it's like I like at least a couple of bands in pretty much every genre of music you know and I know you're you're pretty much the same and so is Reese and a lot of the people we hang out with you just like so much variety because once you get into once you get into something heavy and you kind of go against the curve a little bit then you kind of look in other places for new music and it's not just let's listen to the top 40 on the charts and just hope something in there's that i like it's like no you you kind of go out you find your own thing oh you like green day oh well there's this you know you go out a, how many times you've been at a party and it's been like oh you like this band oh well have you ever heard this band no and then you listen to them you're like holy fuck these guys are great and then you know the amount of times that you or me or reese or whoever we all recommend each other bands and stuff just like oh quite a lot of the time if it was when pop punk was a big thing it'd be like i just hear a pop punk band and whether or not you like it i'd just be like oh there's this pop punk band you guys may like just send it your way because we all appreciate music so much even if you listen to something you're not that into listening to something new can be exciting you get people who really aren't they like to think they're into music because they like everything that's in the pop charts and then they go i'm into music it's like okay what are your favorite albums and they can name like three and it's like are you if you ask me what are my 10 favorite artists i'd have to sit here for quite a while to really figure it out you know it would take me a long time it's like i go through genres like i have like some people go oh yeah i can understand where you have like a different song for a different mood but it's with me it's like and a lot of people like us who like lots of different music it's like that'll just be two weeks where i'll purely listen to just hardcore and then it'll be another two weeks where i just listen to like, another genre and throughout the year i listen to hundreds and hundreds of different bands each of which have got loads of different albums and often different genres within that bring yeah. me the horizon's a good example of that where yeah. you know I, I know you aren't a fan of their early stuff but you know i really like suicide season i really like uh there is a hell i don't know i love suicide season i really like there is a hell i love sem paternal and then um their newest album i don't like very much but those four there is a hell is kind of in between sem paternal and suicide season but they're they're more or less four different genres and it's that's just one band. It's, it's just crazy how you get like bands like Slipknot, and that, they're the example I always use when people say about metal music, artists shouting. I was like, okay, here's an album. Here's Psychosocial, Sulfur, um, Dead Memories, and Snuff, and they're like four completely different songs. It's almost like diff- varying in genre. And I'm like, this is the same band. This is the same album. What they don't understand is when you have unclean vocals in music, that means you can have as many clean vocals and soft parts as you like, but also you can go really, really heavy with it. Doesn't mean you have to, but you can you can swap between them. Yeah. So it, there's it's so much variety, and how many bands like Let Live are probably one of the best examples of just 
so much experimental there's so much experimentation rather they can just do anything they can literally because they're the people who like them and the genre of the band has unclean vocals in it they can experiment and come up with these sounds and this this music that's unlike anything else you can have a song where in it it's like slowly like half whisper rapping sort of thing and like a yeah. little bit of like jazzy sort of noise in the background and then just cuts and then the drums like go and he's like going fucking mental like and it's just like all go crazy shit and then it suddenly stops and then like a calm guitar tune and then him singing really harmoniously and it's just like all this in like a three minute song and it's like what the fuck you yeah. don't get that in a lot of pop music that kind of stuff well I'll say that's, you have, you've had certain bands do that kind of stuff for a while but that kind of whole chaotic like stuff has come about quite a lot recently in the last few years these bands they've come out with these like really really weird chaotic metal genres and it's so chariot really cool. Things, isn't it? Chariot have been going for a long time though, and they're not. They don't really mix much. I mean, they've got their like certain bits, but I mean, like yeah. I said the other day, they've got a song with Hayley Williams in that I had absolutely no idea existed. I just had to. I didn't think it was that good. Yeah, it wasn't that good. But yeah, I think that's when. Um, I think that was that was that's an old Chariot album. And yeah, that, that was Hayley like Williams was young in that as well. Yeah. Um, there's tons of songs she's actually been in. Like speaking of Hayley Williams, that I didn't know existed. Um, but I'm not going to go from on that um, yeah the whole kind of chaotic metal thing like, that Let Live are doing and stuff like that tons of bands are doing now and they're doing it really 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 cleverly but like um, no, chariot bands like that they're all like just really old heavy kind of chaotic it's almost chaotic constantly it's like yeah. I call it uncontrolled chaos and it's That's, just yeah. like, and it because of something, I know that is literally just chaos what I call it uncontrolled chaos is beyond me but I use controlled chaos a lot for music I use that for bands like Let Live. Like, I think it's yeah. really, really, really cleverly done. Everything's really controlled. It's almost like Let Live is like the Heath Ledger's Joker of it, you know, where it's kind of like, you know, it's crazy and it's off, but it's it's calm in, yeah. a, in, a, in a way. Like, Let Live isn't necessarily calm music, but it's kind of like, it's calculated. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I agree with you there. Um, it's like one of the beauties, it's one of those, I want to get your opinion on it, especially because you're, um, you've obviously been in a couple of bands and you're in struggling in the scene in a way. But it's like, Things like Spotify, they're really like, it's like Catch, uh, was it, uh, Catch 22, where it's like, you get things like Spotify, and there's so many people who can't really afford to buy an 8 to 15 quid album every couple of weeks or whatever, especially when you're like, into as much music as you know, we're into. The amount of album, the amount of money I'd have to spend if I bought every single album full price when it came out, I, I would literally not have money to feed myself. And it's like, I really want to support these bands, but a band released an album, and it's like, I don't know if this album's going to be good or not. But with Spotify, you can just download it immediately for essentially free. It's not as great for the band, but then the amount of bands that I've gone into from, you know, listening to them purely on YouTube or um, Spotify or any other streaming service, and, you know, not not directly paying them for their music. Even you've got Bandcamp, and you can, you, a lot of them, you can listen to the whole EP or album for free or choose how much you pay them and stuff. And it's like, a lot of the time, there'll be bands like Hellions, where I heard one or two songs of theirs, and I was a bit like, I don't know, I'm not really sure. I heard it on like a Metal Hammer CD or something, or Rock Sound CD. And I was a bit unsure, and I was like, oh, I don't know. So I listened, I went on YouTube, and I just listened to the whole album, and I was like, holy fuck, this is absolutely amazing. And now, now they're one of my favourite bands ever. I've bought, I think I've got two t-shirts of theirs, a, a vinyl, uh, a CD, and a couple of other things. It's just like, if, if I never could listen to them on YouTube for free or Spotify, and obviously a lot of people illegally download them and stuff, it's like, is it would it be better if a band ha- has half the album sales, but they'd have three times as many people who are into them and going to their live shows and buying their merch, you know? I think so. I mean, all over here, it's, it's difficult to tell when you're in, I'm in a band like mine, because I mean, we make, we've had out, we've had EP sales and stuff like that, I and mean, we make no money whatsoever. And all I ever hear from, big artists is that they make absolutely nothing from record sales anyway 
Yeah. Um, they make their money these days supposedly by touring and merch sales. So a, lot I think, pre, a lot of it's pre-sales where you know they say we got this big album coming out. Okay, you can pay you know thirty quid, you get a ticket to the nearest show as well as a t-shirt and a signed CD and a lyric sheet or something. There's a lot more. You can get oh yeah, the, doing stuff like that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, bands should Pre-order do stuff packs. like that. But I mean, I know it's more and more even smaller bands now. They just have they just have tons of merch. They have vinyls. They have CD um like actual copy CDs um Sets. t-shirts. They have, they have tons of different shit. Mm-hmm. Um. And that probably is the best way to do it, because that's the only way you can... If you know how much you can sell to a decent extent, you will make money from that. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, if you buy enough T-shirts in bulk, you can effectively double what you make from one T-shirt. Yeah. Um, you had, you would have to buy enough in bulk, admittedly. But, I mean, if you're in a band that's, like, if you're reasonably touring. well... And if you're in a touring band, I mean, there's these bands like fucking... I mean, our Hollow, our Home are a good example. I mean, a couple of years ago, they weren't really a big band at all. I mean... I mean, they're not signed now, but they're fucking huge. They yeah, literally, they're they, their tours are absolutely massive. They play the front of insanely massive crowds. Everyone knows who they are. Everyone knows their songs. They've got tons of shit going on. I thought you could they say Holding on. Absence, to be honest, when you said about that. Holding Absence are my favourite band at the moment. I absolutely fucking adore Holding Absence. They, um, they released their album yet? No. They haven't, I don't think they've got an album. I think they're in the, they started writing it now that they're with Sharp Zone. But, um, yeah, Holding Absence, I just... It's more I find what they've done literally incredible. I mean, I know the guys before Lucas joined them. Lucas is a singer. Before he joined them, they were a band before. But I think Lucas joined them and they basically scrapped everything. They just kept the name Holding Absence. Right. And they released um, a song called Permanent, which is just phenomenal. It's an amazing, amazing song. I'm not the biggest fan of Holding Absence, but I, I, I find that I really, really like their sound. I think that their sound is so cool. If, if anyone likes, even if you're not into heavy music or anything, I think uh, Tom described it as kind of like, Heavy musical, uh, like musically, but the vocals aren't that heavy. But they're so powerful. It's it's, like, it's, it's not like, unclean. It's, it's like powerful. a fast. It's like a fast old Thirty Seconds to Mars. It's just, I think it's. I, yeah, it's I love voice. Thirty Seconds to Mars as well, and it's just. Yeah, you hate Jared Leto. I don't, I don't hate his voice. I hate his acting and the fact <laughs> that he won't use his voice when he plays live. It fucking when, annoys me. When you saw, I just want to say, when we were watching, we were at the cinema, and you saw the fucking uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine trailer first, and I just whispered to you, I was like, th- like thirty seconds to Leo, and you're like, what? And then you saw him come up and just say that thing, and you're just like, oh for fuck's sake, do you want to see that film? And then you see him in it, and you're just like, come on. I didn't think he was a good actor before, and I've heard that he's been amazing in certain films that I haven't seen, which I, I can't comment on. I'll give him the credit What's for it. Does Bias Club, club. Yeah, apparently he's insane in that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, fair play. Yeah, I watched the trailer for him. It looks like he's probably gonna do a good job in it. But I mean, he was in Suicide Squad, and he can fuck off. I don't. That fucking that was the worst display of the Joker I think I've ever seen. That was fucking terrible. Yeah, but I want to clarify that was also part, uh, partly the script. I blame the script more than the. Yeah, it was fucking shit. It was shit. But he the, was shit as well. He, he didn't was do anything. Also, he was also shit. I he agree just with made you. faces and did a stupid laugh that made him sound like he had like a cough sweet stuck in his throat. That was like, uh, 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 oh, he, he did have the off. worst Joker laugh, I think. It was probably terrible. Ever. It was they should have just got Mark Hamill, right. even though he's super old. But in a back, <laughs> I'm not sure how he like performed these days. William like... Defoe. William Defoe's the way forward. Oh God, he's terrifying. He'd be a Joker. He'd be a cool he's, Joker. He's already been the Green Goblin. We can't have him as the Joker. Yeah, but he'd be like a really actually like terrifying joke. He could be like a really like actually insane crazy joke. I mean, what, they, what the over played, the years they've the done so many different. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård's brother. I can't remember his name is. I don't know. I mean, the Joker's not as dressed up as Pennywise was. I mean, Pennywise is like really. I mean, you couldn't tell it was fucking thingy scars guy, could you? No. Um, like he's the Joker's less dressed up. I mean, if you look at it, you can go, "That's Heath Ledger." Mm, yeah. But whereas Pennywise, you can just look at that and go, "That could be literally anyone." I've got no idea. Yeah, I was his acting uh, potentially. Uh, 
it would depend what route they went with the Joker because with Suicide Squad they basically said, "Hey, let's get anything unique about the Joker and just remove it." Oh yeah, it's like let's he, make him an old time gangster. Yeah, so. let's literally make That'd him a replaceable uh, gangster in any vigilante movie ever. It's like he could have been in like some like Blood Diamond or something like that, and it would have just worked the exact same way. It's like yeah, it's pretty bad that the girl that played Harley Quinn out- outshined him. I mean, Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah. Margot Robbie. She was, was pretty second. Well, the thing is, she was really good in it. But the problem was, is that her character is it's fairly complex but one of my criticisms with Suicide Squad and I won't get into too much because me and Alex Hartwell talked about this as well but um, one of the criticisms I had with Suicide Squad was that when you have a film where the best actor in it is Will Smith but it's Will Smith literally just being Will Smith as in as I said before there's three Will Smiths Happy Will Smith like in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Men in Black Sad Will Smith in Seven Pounds and Pursuit of Happiness and Angry Will Smith in I Am Legend Angry, cool, super Will Smith. And in Suicide Squad. And it's like, when your best character and the most deep and interesting character is Will Smith just being Will Smith again, when you're meant to be have these... You meant to have the Joker, Harley Quinn, whoever the fuck Boomerang was, that guy who could climb who then died immediately. Um, Cara, Cara... <laughs> it's a good way to describe it for anyone who hasn't seen it. There's a guy in it who can climb who died as like a... <laughs> that, that was a can climb anything. And I was Basically just... anyone. Could be like Bran in the first episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> he said he can climb anything. And I was like... I was like, I've been into rock climbing. And it's like, he couldn't climb anything with nothing. He had this gun that he sh- like a grapple hook. I was like, I can do that. I have upward body strength. I could cl- If I shoot a rope at the top of a building, I can climb up it. That's not th- some ability to climb anything. That's having a gun that allows you to do it. That's a grappling hook. It's in like, you go back and like bat- old Battlefield games, things like that, or some of the Call of Duty games. You have these these items. It's not, whoa, you can climb up a grappling hook. You see any spot like film with secret agents, they all do it. It's like, What's his power? <laughs> but then you get you get Diablo. He was really cool, but he was like barely in it, um, and his his character got ruined. And it's just like, why is you your most interesting character is Will Smith being Will Smith, who's Will Smith in another ten movies in I Robot yeah. and I'm Legend. He's the exact same as he is in Deadshot. That's probably the reason that film didn't get like very high reviews. I mean, like like I said when I saw it, I didn't think it was as bad as everyone was saying it was. I mean, I thought it was watchable. I thought it was alright. I thought it was I, fairly I it was enjoyable. Fairly, yeah, it was just very very flawed. Yeah, it was just. I, I can see why the standard for superhero films now is high because I mean there's such a mix of really 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 incredible films and such fucking shit ones like Jesus Christ Batman vs Superman is so fucking oh, shit oh god I feel so, kill myself. so bad um, there's such a weird standard I mean there's so few films that are like yeah that was okay they're either really shit or really good I mean yeah, there's a couple true. that are like alright but I mean what, there's what, not many what's your opinion on Suicide Squad uh, fucking hell we just saw that Justice League do you think the new one's going to be any good and that's the end of part one. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. I always appreciate it. Um, yes, I'll put some links in the uh, description of, you know, where, whenever I, wherever I upload them, you know, to YouTube and, you know, Acast and that sort of thing. Uh, I'll put links into um, to Decipher's Facebook pages and things like that. And from there, you know, you can find their YouTube channels and the music videos they've got out at the time and that sort of thing. I mean, even if you're not hugely into that kind of music, I'd really recommend just checking it out just to kind of, you know, widen your horizons just a little bit. Even if you don't like it, it's still kind of you know, something new that you, you know of, in a, in a sense. Um, yes, part two will be out next week. Um, and, yeah, it just continues on, as I said at the start. It just continues on um, talking about movies and stuff. I think we talk about Justice League for the first few minutes of the next, um, the next one. Then we kind of get back into talking about music. And um, I think we took get a bit more into the lyrical content and stuff like that and some of the uh, things to do with their newer stuff and what it's all influenced by. So it's a really interesting one. It's a lot about... Um, Callum leaving a, a religion when he was younger uh, with his parents and stuff if that is 
if that was mentioned in this episode, I am very sorry. I did listen to this episode, the episode, uh, the the part two of this episode. I did listen to them like skipping through them and stuff to get a general idea of them because I recorded them since recording what I'm recording right now. Um, it was recorded a, a week or so ago. Um, maybe it was might be two weeks ago actually think about it now but i can't remember the exact thing and i frankly don't really have time or much interest to listen to you know two hours of myself talking with a mate of mine with a conversation i had quite recently so i can't fully remember so yeah i do apologize if, if that's already been spoken about in this and i just missed it but there you go you know it's all an adventure with this podcast isn't it all the time 100 percent. anyway i'll talk to you guys next week